So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, You are old, and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. All right, welcome back to the Legion of Michael podcast. I am your host, Paul Markle. Thank you very much for joining me today. And that, that verse at the very beginning there, that comes from 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 4 to 5. And if you are a Bible scholar, or if you went to Sunday school, or if you just know the word, they were talking about getting a king, and you guys know who the first king of Israel was. It was Saul. Now, if you think about it, for a long, long time, I don't know if they ever thought about it or not, but Israel did not have a king. Everyone around them had kings. They had pharaohs and kings and so forth, but Israel didn't. Why for centuries did God not give Israel a king? There were numerous leaders. You had Abraham and Moses and Joseph. You had the judges. You had innumerable prophets. Why wasn't Moses the king of Israel? Why wasn't Joseph the king of Israel? Why did God appoint judges over them, but not a king? Let's go ahead and take a look at what, well, what the word has to say. Go back to 1 Samuel chapter 8. After verses 4 to 5, which we already read, he said, such as all the other nations have. So the elders went to Samuel, who was God's prophet, and they're like, hey, Your sons are not like you. We don't want to follow them. Give us a king. Give us a king like all the other people have. They have kings. How come we don't have a king? All right, so let's let's rejoin the uh, this verse, this chapter, chapter eight, uh, at verse six. It says, "But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord told him." Listen to all the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly, and let them know what a king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, This is what the king will reign over you, who will reign over you, will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants. 
your male and female servants, and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks, and you yourselves will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations, with a king to lead us and to go out before us and to fight our battles. When Samuel heard all the people said, he repeated it before the Lord, and the Lord answered and said, Listen to them and give them a king. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know when the last time you read 1 Samuel chapter 8 was. I don't know when, but consider the world and consider what we know about the world and what we're experiencing right now. God our Father knows better than we ourselves. He knew that man would eventually begin to worship a man or men, other men, instead of him. They would look to a man to solve their problems, not to the Lord their Father. You see, God knew man. He understands us. He understands our minds. He understands our hearts better than we understand ourselves. We talked about that earlier on in one of the uh, pillar episodes. I think it was episode two or three, maybe two, where I said that the reason that we have the Ten Commandments and the reason that they are written the way they are written and the reason they are given to us is because God our Father understands us better than we understand ourselves. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He understands the nature of man. He understands the nature of man's free will. And he knew. That's why for centuries and centuries, Israel did not have a king. Like we said, they had, they had leaders. They had prophets. They had prophets of whom? Prophets of him, the Lord. Abraham, Moses, Joseph, the, the various judges. You had Isaiah and and. All of these different prophets of God. You had Samuel, right? But they never had a king. But the people, being hard-headed and stubborn as they were, rather than be satisfied, Israel, rather than be satisfied to be the children of God, what did they say? So that we can be like the other nations. Yes. 
They they wanted they were like children. They were literally like children. They said, "Oh, well, well that that country over there and those people over there, they have a king. They have a mighty king. And their king is their symbol. The king is the representative of their country. And they bow down to their king." Yes, they do. They bow down to their king. And God said, what is, what is commandment one? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Pretty simple, right? And you're like, yeah, well, he meant Baal or, you know, one of these pagan gods or something. That's, that's what he meant. No. No, God said, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. That includes other men. That includes treating other men as if they are deities or gods or your savior. Several years ago, in uh, 2015, I wrote an article called Searching for a Savior for the Blaze. And uh, essentially, I pointed out in that article that instead of looking to our God or looking to ourselves to solve our problems, whether we're Democrats or Republicans, what we do as Americans is we've defaulted to this position where we're continuously searching for a savior in government. We look to the president to be our savior. Is the president of the United States supposed to be the savior of the people? According to the founding documents according to the way this country was founded. Should the president, whether they're a Democrat or a Republican, should they be your savior? No. No, they should not. God understand this. He understood this. He knew that as soon as he gave the children of Israel, the people of Israel, as soon as he gave them a king, what would they do? They would look to their king as their God. Consider today's world. Do you first go to our Heavenly Father, or do men go to the government first? Do men follow the will of God first, or do they do the bidding of worldly leaders first? What did God say? What was the warning? Think about this. He said to them, He said to Samuel, he said, tell them, if you do this, if you demand that I give you a king to rule over you, this is what's going to happen. He's going to take your sons and put them in his armies to fight his battles. He's going to take your daughters to be cooks and perfumers and to serve him. He will take the best of your fields and your vineyards and your olive groves, and he will give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and a tenth of your flocks. He, what, what is that? What was God warning them about? He said, okay, you guys want a king, huh? You want to be like every other nation. You want to be like all these unfaithful pagan nations that don't worship me, that worship their false idols, their Baals and what have you. Yeah, yeah, we want, we want a king. We want a king. Okay. What comes with kings? 
When God said he will take a tenth of your grain and a tenth of your fields and your donkeys and your servants, uh, what was he telling them? And they will become his slaves. Taxes. Like, oh, you want a king? Mm-hmm. You know what comes with kings? Taxes. He's going to take the best for himself and his attendants. Because what comes with kings? Does a king rule all on his own? Is, is there just one man or one, if you have a queen, whatever, one person? Is there just one single person and then they make all these decisions? No, of course not. The history of the world is this. The moment you have a king, the king appoints counselors. Because a king can't do everything. A king can't be everywhere. He can't be in charge of the army, and he can't be in charge of the economy, and he can't be in charge of infrastructure. He can't be in charge of everything, because if he tries, there's just, he'll be overwhelmed. There's just too much. So what does the king do? The king appoints counselors. And he puts generals and attendants and vice lords and whatever they want to call them, lords and ladies and so forth. And so a king, what accompanies a king? A ruling class. Every time you create a king, every time you put a king in power, they bring along with them an elite ruling class. And that elite ruling class doesn't go out in the fields and produce grain. They don't go into the stables and raise the animals. They don't work as laborers or no the ruling class takes from the workers yes indeed yes indeed they take what you have they take your money your goods your land and they use it for themselves wow consider that consider the time of samuel and consider today we have an entire ruling class who have ensconced themselves behind barbed wire fences with armed guards in Washington, D.C. They don't produce. They take. And they take more and more and more. And they've created a dependent class. The ruling class, the king of America. I know we don't technically have a king. Don't correct me on that. The king of America has created, they have created a a dependent class where people, instead of looking to God, their father, first, instead, first look towards Washington, D.C. They look to the king in Washington for a handout, for a pittance, for a bribe. Make my life fair. Make everyone be nice to me. Give me money. Give me my neighbor's money. Going back to covetousness. They look to the king in D.C. and they say to him, take away the money from my neighbor and give it to me and I will worship you. Now you say, Paul, no one's ever said those exact words. No, that they've said those through their behavior. We have people living in our country that believe that it is the right and the duty of the king in Washington, D.C. to steal the money from their neighbors and to give it to them. And as a thank you for that stolen money, they worship the king in Washington, D.C. You see, God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knew 
that the moment he gave Israel a king, that they would begin to stop looking to him first and start looking to a man. They would impart, you know, they, they would look to him as a deity. They would beg the king to fix their problems. They would go to the king with supplications, not to God their father, who they were supposed to go to. And if the king said to do something and it contravened the word of God, they would do the word of the king first. How many of you know people who refused to go to church and worship God because the king said not to? Does, does the, uh, the first commandment, commandment one, does it say, I am the God you're, I, uh, let me go ahead and read it to you guys verbatim. The first commandment. I want you to think about this for a second. I want you to think about what it says. The first commandment. And uh, this comes from... Uh, this is... You know what's... what's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you guys. When you search things on the internet, it is, it's always a crapshoot. It's always a crapshoot. I should... I apologize to you, my audience, because I should have had this open in my Bible, and I apologize to you for that. Will you forgive me and stick with me? <laughs> oh, you're like, yeah, Paul, I'll forgive you and stick with you this time, but don't do it again. The next time, you better have your Bible open, and you better be ready to read. Thou shalt have no other gods, he says, in the beginning, in, in uh, Exodus chapter 20, and God spake all these words, I'm doing the KJV, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness of anything that is in heaven or that is of the earth beneath or in the water of, under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Wow. Does, does that say right there, commandment one, not commandment 11, not commandment 27, not commandment 122. You see, the things that we value the most, we put first. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I am a jealous God. Visiting iniquity behind the fathers and the children of the third and fourth generations of them that hate me. So when your mayor, your governor, your president, those are all men. Those are not your gods. When they say, you are not allowed to go to church with your fellow Christians. You are not allowed to go to church. You are not allowed to worship. You're not allowed to sing praises to your God. And if you do, we will punish you. We will find you. We will arrest you. We will take you before the courts of man, and we will try you. And so what have your neighbors done? 
They have cowered before man. They have ignored their God, the commandment of their God, and instead they have worshipped a man. They have worshipped the state. You cannot call yourself a Christian and worship the state. You cannot call yourself a faithful Christian and worship men and honor the will of men before the will of God. And I know some weak, spineless people will say to me, but, but when they showed Jesus the coin, he said, render under Caesar what is Caesar and unto God what is God's. Yeah, he did say that. God comes first. Not second. God does not come second to man, whether that man is a governor or a mayor or a president. God does not come second to him or her. We were given the warning. God warned him. He told Samuel, tell them that, okay, you want to be hard-headed, you want to be stubborn, you want this, you want to be like everybody else. If, if so, there's going to be a price to pay. There will be a price to pay. Because he knows us better than we know ourselves. And yet we continuously try to convince ourselves that we are smarter than God, that we know better than him. And every time we do that, we end up failing, and we wonder why. We have allowed ungodly men to take charge of our country. We have allowed our neighbors, we have sat by and watched as our neighbors worship a king. They ignore God the Father, they ignore the first commandment, and they worship a king. Whether the king is a governor, whether the king is a president, whether the king is a mayor, they're worshiping men. Ladies and gentlemen, people like to say, oh, well, you know, Jesus said when they showed him the coin, render under Caesar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that means it's okay. I like people, how people say, well, because Jesus was shown the coin and he said render under Caesar that which is Caesar's and under God, unto God, that which is God's. And they said, see, Jesus said taxes are okay. And you have to pay your taxes or you're not a good Christian. Do you think Jesus would have said, give the king your money so he can murder children? So he can take that money and murder children? Murder innocent babies? You think Jesus would have been okay with that? Oh, stop, Paul. You're making me feel uncomfortable. Do you think Jesus would have been okay with the king taking the people's money and using that money to enslave them and to persecute them, to buy troops? You see, the king takes your money, purchases troops, and then he uses those troops to arrest you when you don't follow his ungodly edicts. We witnessed all through the year 2020, we witnessed the troops of man paid for by your money arresting people and persecuting Christians. I wrote an entire book called The Intolerant Christian. It's a short book. But I point out where the state 
in the United States where the government has decided that the state comes first and God comes second. And if you put God first in your life, we will find you, we will arrest you, we will persecute you. It is going on right now in our nation. Is that the way this, this world is supposed to be? Is that the way Christians are supposed to behave? Are you supposed to allow your neighbors to be persecuted and imprisoned because they follow the will of God, not the will of man? It's pretty simple. Remember, there are 10 commandments, not 127, only 10. God said, here are the 10 rules. Follow these, you'll be good. Follow these rules, and things will go well. We can't even do that, can we? We can't even follow. We can't even follow commandment one. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That means I come first, I, being God, come first. Not the president, not the governor, not the mayor, me. And if I said not to do it, that's what I meant. I didn't say, well, if the governor says murder babies, steal the money from the people and use it to kill babies then, well, the governor is your governor, and you have to do what he says, and, and you have to approve of it, and you have to respect it, and you have to shut up and, and not say anything about it. No. All the way back in First Samuel chapter 8, the children of Israel were warned. They said, we want a king. We want to be like everybody else. He said, all right, stubborn people. But you're going to pay for it. You will pay the price for your arrogance. And what did they do? Saul started out good, and then Saul turned on God. He, he, he refused to listen, and do you, I think you guys know what happened to Saul and his lineage. Ladies and gentlemen, are we supposed to worship kings, or are we supposed to worship our God? I think you know the answer to that. I think we pointed that out. The answers are there. You just need to be able to open your eyes, see them, read them, and understand them. You see, people will tell you, well, it's, it's not simple, Paul. It's, it's not that easy. It's, it's more complicated than that. We've, you know, being a modern Christian in our modern world, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's very difficult. It's very complex. And I would say, no, it is not. There are ten commandments that you are given to follow. That's it. And if the will or the orders or the commands from a man or the state contradict or contravene the word of God, it is your responsibility to first follow the word of God. Who owns your soul? To whom does your soul belong? People like to throw the whole you know, render under Caesar quote into people's faces. How about the other quote from the Son of God? You cannot serve two masters, for you will either hold to one and despise the other or love one and hate the other. You cannot serve two masters. Going all the way back to commandment one, isn't that crazy how things work together like that? You see, God understood. He said, if I give these guys a king, if I give them a king, they're going to try and serve two masters. And when they're worshiping 
and bowing down to a king, they are not worshiping and bowing down to me, God their Father. To whom do you owe your allegiance, and to whom does your soul belong? Does your soul belong to a man sitting on a throne in Washington, D.C., or does your soul belong to God your Father? Look in the mirror, answer that question for yourself. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I truly appreciate the fact that you are out there listening to the Legion of Michael podcast. I'm glad that you're there. I'm glad that you're listening. I hope that you're sharing this with other people. Please do me a favor. The show's relatively new. We've recently picked up some uh, national sponsors, and I'm very pleased for that uh, because, believe it or not, I don't do this as a hobby. This is what I do for a job. Yeah, exactly. So please, if you enjoy the Legion of Michael podcast, share it with others. Use the share button on your little phone there or your device. Let other people know, and please leave a review of this if you enjoyed it. Let's go ahead and close out the show as we always do with the warrior's prayer. Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And don't forget, you guys can always go to legionofmichael.com. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.